Praise God. As I said before, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Okay, put on put on your seat belts here as we uh, move forward here to hear from the Word of God. And uh, let's just be blessed by what Holy Spirit brings our way and expect a miracle. Amen. Expect expect to be touched by God today. Every time we come to church, we should indeed expect a miracle and expect to hear from God and expect something new. Amen. 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 So today we're, we're going to... We're going to talk about prayers and things that we that we hope for, you know, and and I just simply kind of put to you, you know, do you have an, an open prayer that's out there? Do you have a, an open prayer before God that is kind of just out there and you're, and you're kind of waiting? You know, there's something out there that, that you're hoping for. Most of us always have some dreams and some prayers and some hopes that we have going on. The question is, though, do you dare? Do you dare to imagine? Do you dare to imagine that what God said he will do for you? Is true and it's real. Do you dare to imagine that? And whatever God has promised you, whatever he said to you, it is true and that is real. And that it come, it can come to pass. It can come to pass. You know, do you dare to believe that? Should we as Christians, then another question is, should we as Christians, should we use our imaginations? Is that unscriptural? Is that ungodly to use imaginations? Should we use them as Christians? You know, should we dream of our prayers being answered? To even hope to dream about them? Are we afraid to dream that our prayers would, would, would be answered? You know, should we be dreamers? Should we be imaginers? Let's go to the book of Joel. The book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. Praise the living God. Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. And we want to go down to verse number 28. Praise the living God. Joel 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. I pour out my spirit. Okay. Now, obviously, this is the book of Joel, so therefore it is before Jesus Christ. So therefore, if it's before Jesus Christ, it is before the general outpouring of Holy Spirit. Okay, But what he is talking about here, he's saying that it shall come to pass afterwards. So that's in those days. This is leaping forward now into the time that Jesus has come and was resurrected and so on. And Holy Spirit is here. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh, of course, is referring to believers, obviously. God does not pour out his Holy Spirit to unbelievers. It just does not work that way. Because unbelievers, the word of God tells us, cannot receive Holy Spirit, cannot receive the things of God. So this is talking about you and I. I will pour out, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Okay? Now that would also apply to old women. <laughs> it would also, okay, when God, when God is speaking like this, He's not looking at age groupings or, or gender or anything like that. He's saying, I will pour out my spirits and, and you, you, you shall prophesy. Your daughter shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. Okay. All right. So if it's saying that there, then think again. I ask you, are you bold enough to dream? Because you have Holy Spirit. Don't negate the possibility of you being able to dream and to dream about and pray about and hope for the things that you've, you've put into prayer before God. It is one thing to dream, but it is, is an another thing, an entirely different thing to see your dream become a reality. 
You can have all of the dreams in the world, okay? But the question is then, when do my dreams become a reality? Or do you even believe that it's possible that your dream could become a reality? Okay, children, if you've noticed, you know, whether you have children or not, or you've certainly seen children at play, children can have the wildest imaginations. You know that their imaginations can take them into a world unto their own. They can take them into a world that's filled with joy or to a world where they are in charge and they actually feel safe. You watch children at play. I mean, their reality is their reality. Okay, I mean, their play is their reality. And you think back to when you were a child, all of the things that you did. Okay, I mean, we put chairs up on top of the bed and lined them up, which my mother had a fit about. On top of the bed, we played bus. You know, my older brother was the bus driver, and we were all lined up in the chairs. I mean, it, it was so real. We played dentist, you know, with a rocking chair that we had. And the rocking chair, when it went back, was when the dentist was reclining you. And that was so real, all right? Okay, all right? Yeah, I, I think about that now. It just came back to me. I say, my gosh, how outrageous was that? Okay, and you're rocking back in the rocking chair, and the dentist was, you know. And, and, and so these are the things that children do because they use their imaginations. When we get older, we're afraid of those imaginations. Or we don't, we don't use them, you know. Remember that God gives us dreams. God gives us dreams in order that we may know and see and hope for the future. Okay, He gives us those dreams so we can see and hope for our future. Dreams also become the fuel that we need you know, to keep us going forward, even when we don't see anything that's happening in our lives, even though we don't see anything, any, any positive progression or forward movement. You know, even, when, even when we think that things are working against us, God still gives us those dreams. Okay, ready? And the person that does not has, have dreams, active dreams that they're striving for, I submit to you that person does not have much of a future because you wind up stagnating. Okay, If you cut off your dreams and if you become afraid to dream, then you're stagnating yourself. God gives us dreams. The word of God says that you shall dream dreams and have visions. And this is fuel that just keeps us moving forward. Okay, okay. God showed Joseph, with it, which we're going to get to, God showed Joseph the final outcome of his life. In his dream. Okay. Okay. But God didn't really tell Joseph step by step what was going to happen. All right. And we all know the story of Joseph. We're going to go, go and read, read some of that in a, in a moment here. But in the meantime, when you have these dreams, okay, the enemy, the devil who does not want you to realize the God given dreams, he'll put these dream killers in, in, in the way. He'll put dream killers in the way sometimes of people. He'll put dream killers out there to just get into the way to try and, and discourage you and try to make you give up to think that your dream has no way of coming true. The devil is very good at doing that. Okay. Okay. But we can't blame those people. We can't blame those people. They're merely, they're merely instruments of, of the devil trying to get you off course. You know, I said you a million times, uh, uh, the devil is not God. He's not omniscient. He's not knowing all things, but he's got some inklings, okay, about where things are going in your life. And he can certainly see when you're happy. He can see when you're glad. He can see when you're pumped up because something that you're, you're, you're expecting to happen, it looks like it's going to come, looks like it's going to come to pass, but then he puts a dream killer in the way, okay, in the way, in the, in the way to stop that. Sometimes these people that may be acting as dream killers, sometimes they don't have the faintest idea what they're doing here and that they're being used to keep you back. Okay, so just say a prayer for them and leave them in the hands of God. Sometimes you can identify a person who may actively just come to you and say, ah, that's not going to work. You'll never see this. You know, you don't have this. You're not old enough. You're not tall enough. You're not short. You're not fat enough or whatever it may be. Something to discourage you from that, from that dream. Don't blame them. You just pray for them. Okay. Cause they themselves may not realize what it is that they're doing. So we need to stay focused 
You know, stay focused on what God has shown you relative to that dream. Okay, because the dream that you will take, the dream will take you through possibly difficult times in getting there. But just focus on what that dream is and don't lose it. Whatever you do, don't stop the dreaming. Let's go to Genesis 37. Praise the living God. Genesis chapter 37. Okay, 37, verse number 1. Okay. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. In other words, their sheaves bowed down, bowed down to his sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dreamed more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me, bowed down to him. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren, his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Okay, let's pause there for a moment. So right away, his brother started getting upset. The father, however, he did stop and he's starting to think about this a little bit. Hmm, what, what could this possibly mean? Okay, all right? So, you know, I, I, and I'm sure most of you are familiar with the story uh, of Joseph here. He was one of the sons of Jacob, and God had a special call on his life. His father loved him and favored him, as the scripture said, by giving him that coat of many colors. All right. Of course, his, uh, this made the brothers very jealous and angry to the extent that they hated him. God spoke to Joseph in a dream, showing him the plans for his future. God gave him the plan for the future. God gave him the plan for the future. God may give you a plan for the future. God may give you a vision of your future. You know, but how are those around you going to react? If you share it with them, how are they going to react? Okay. So don't discount the dream that God gives you and just kind of buckle your seatbelt and hold on and just wait and see where it's going to go. Because God will oftentimes give you the dream, show you where you're going to end up, but not tell you how I'm going to get there, how you're going to get there. That certainly happened to me. I mean, I say, you know, in prayer or whatever, I see doing so and so. And I say, gee, well, how is that going to happen? I mean, I got to do so and so and so and so. God will, will not, may not show you how you're going to do. All he did it, all God did at that point was to show, show Joseph through, through the, um, through the metaphor of the sheaves and the sun and the moon 
bowing down to him. So that means that he was going to be in a place of elevation. He was going to be, be up there, okay? But, it, but they, that made his brothers very, very mad, okay? Joseph was a, was a bit naive, however, in thinking that his brothers loved him, and he shared his dream with them, which only angered them more, all right? So today, we still have circumstances of jealousy and anger among family members. You can have jealousy and anger among friends, peers, and even co-workers, all right? The enemy thrives on bringing distractions like jealousy and hatred in order for the believer, in order for you to give up on that God dream. Okay, you have people around you that are jealous, envious, or whatever, just like his brothers were obviously showing. What are we going to bow down to you? All right. So God gives you that dream. There may be those around you that would be envious also. Again, family members, you know, co-workers, or neighbors, or whoever it may be that is in your circle. So therefore, it is very important for us to be mindful of who we are sharing our God-given dreams with. We have to be mindful, okay, because not everyone will be willing to celebrate with you. All right. So just because God gives you a dream that's going to elevate you or, or maybe not necessarily elevate you, but get you to a point in life where a blessing is going to be, you know, don't be so quick to go around talking about that. OK, because you never know. Co-workers, even even relatives and whatnot may be jealous of where you are in life. And then you start talking about a further blessing that's coming to you. Boy, that really sets some people on fire. OK, there are people out there that need, that are envy over the things that you have right now. There can be people around you because the devil has a good way of doing that. And you may say to yourself, well, gee whiz, Pastor Cobb, I don't have that much. I mean, gee whiz, I got a car, I got a house, I got this, I got that. Well, guess what? You got a car, you got a house, and you got this and that. And there are those out there that don't have it. Okay, but instead of being joyful for you and instead of saying, boy, oh, boy, that, that, that guy, that gal, oh, my goodness, man, I mean, she's really doing well. She's succeeding at work, you know, got a nice car, got a nice home. The family is nice. Not everyone that you are that is in your circle feels that way about you. Okay, they'll smile in your face, possibly, but they may not be feeling that way. So we need to think about that, especially if it's a God given. If you get a God given dream and you know that it's kind of it's kind of out of the blue. That God has a dream and he's telling you about it, where you're going to wind up. First of all, realize that this is a God-given dream. God may give you a dream or a vision for the future that you weren't even thinking about. And it's even more reason for you to guard it, to guard it, okay? Okay, because again, the enemy's out there. He does not want you to realize what God has in store for you, all right? Many times we will plan things, we will plan things. And even then, when you're planning something, I'm, I'm very slow to share it with just every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You don't do that because you don't. There are people that will even actively pray against you. There are those out there will actively pray against you through their through the hatred. Now, in order for them to be praying against you, then what does that tell you? That this person could possibly be a Christian. Now, that's a sad and a sorry state of affairs to say, but there are some people like that who are not where they where they should be in the Lord, perhaps, and don't even realize that they should not be praying against another Christian. But saints of God, be realistic and realize that it it does indeed happen. Okay, so we need to be very careful. Joseph told his brothers, with whom he loved and thought they loved him, and you see how they they responded. God had a great plan for Joseph's life, and God reiterated his plan by giving Joseph this recurring dream. All right, that one day his family would bow down to him. He gave it to him a couple of times. All right, all right? so that tells him, tells us that we should we should just remember that if we keep having a dream or a vision that seems to be similar every time. It may be a sign that God is showing you plans for your future. All right. You get a vision. And it's a recurring vision. It may be slightly different in the content, but the outcome is the same. 
then that's something that you should really stop and, and pray about. Okay, is this God showing me something that is is significant enough for me to to really to really dwell on and pray on because He's showing me something that's going to happen in the future. Okay, I always say when something repeatedly happens in your life, it warrants you spending some time with God and asking what is this all about. You have something recurring in your life repeatedly. It's something with you for you to, for you to worry to not worry to not worry about necessarily what to think about and take it to the Lord. Okay, Lord, is this you trying to show me something? In the case of something recurring to you that is not so pleasant, this may be time for you to go to God to go to God and say, Lord, I keep dreaming this unpleasant thing. I'm having visions of this unpleasant thing. Is this a warning to you? What should I be doing? What should I be doing? Okay, okay. God has a way of repeating things to us. Because many times he wants to get our attention. We can be so busy doing other things, 9,000 other things, that we don't grasp what it is that he's trying to tell us. So the reason why God speaks to us in dreams and in visions, because at that particular point in time, your conscious mind is not so active. You're not running around cleaning the house or doing something with the car or thinking about going to the store or thinking about family members or whatever. You're not so active. You're, you're, You're at peace and your mind is at rest, so to speak. So this is the time many times that God will come to, come to us. All right? And if you have anything, especially a dream that is recurring, and you're not sure what it means, you need to take that to God right away because he may be trying to tell you something. He may be trying to show you something. So getting back to Joseph, like I said, he again, he shared his dream with his brothers and father, and it furthered anger them. And little did Joseph know that the fate that would befall him due to the jealousy would be because of the dream killers. All right? He had no idea, no idea in his heart at all. Here he was share, trying to share with people that he loved what, what, what God was showing him. Yes, though they had their own dastardly plan. God showed Joseph the final outcome of his life in this dream, but God didn't really tell Joseph, again I say, much about the journey to the final outcome. If God had told him the journey, what do you think Joseph would have done? Okay. Now we know because you've been to the story, we've, we've been to the story before, but if God had showed him every single step of the way, do you think Joseph would have, would have gone on his, his usual path of life? Okay. If God showed you every step of your dream, of your vision that he has for you, every single step, would you necessarily, would you follow the path that you're on? Or would you shy away? Okay. All right. If Joseph thought about what his brothers were going to do to him, do you think he would have been at that point in time, at that spot to let that happen with him? All right. Okay. Okay. So the thing here, the message here, there, here is, is, is that with that dream and that vision that God has given you, he may not give you every single step because God in his wisdom knows what's best. And that if he shows you, perhaps, perhaps, I'm not saying every dream or vision that God has for you is going to have a lot of turmoil and difficulty there. But perhaps if it did, that God does not want you to, to run away and to not do what he's guiding you to do. Okay, So that's why it's most important that you consult with God and ask him about what it is he wants you to do. And again, the enemy will plant those dream killers along the way to encourage you to give up. Amen. But do not give up and don't blame who those dream killers are. Like I said, sometimes they, they have no idea of what they're doing. They have no idea that they're using, being used by the devil. Do you realize that the majority of people, and I say the majority because I really believe in my heart of hearts that there, 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 there are, are, are a limited, there are possibly a few number of people, especially Christians, who by design will want evil to be, to befall you. Okay, but many, most of the time, people that wind up becoming tools for the devil to to try and and do some harm to your life or try to stop your vision or take you away from God, a lot of times they don't even realize what they're doing or saying. 
Okay, I've heard other Christians say to, to another person when they're being joyful about something, they'll say something, so and so and so and so, nah, 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 and poof, and I'll be standing next by and I'll say, why did she say that? And we've all heard that. Okay, you've heard people misspeak. Why did she say that? Why did he say that? So and so was all pumped and whatnot, you know. And sometimes, you know, people, if they've got something negative, if they don't, if they're not in agreement, don't have something positive to say, just keep their mouths shut. Keep their mouths shut, all right? But we've heard many times, we have heard and seen dream killers in action, all of us, or at some point in your life, you've seen dream killers in action, amen? So we can't let those dream killers get in our way. We need to simply stay focused on what God has shown you, because that dream will take you possibly through many difficult times, okay? But realize that if God has given you a dream, what is God's intention? If God has given you a vision, what is God's intention for you? For you to achieve that dream or to achieve that vision. God is not going to give you a vision of where you're going to be in the future if he doesn't want you to get there. And is not going to make sure that you do get there. All right. But it is possible that you may have some challenges along the way. So what do you do? You stay focused on the dream. You keep that vision, keep that vision high in, 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 your, in your imagination. You keep focused on that dream becoming your reality because God is going to make it become a reality. And every single time a difficulty or a challenge gets up, comes in your way, that may seem that that vision is going to be uh, um, uh, deterred or hindered or done away with, all right, then you just stay focused on God and realize that he's going to bring you through, okay? For every single dream killer that comes in your life, God is right there. And God knows that dream killer is in his life, is trying to come into your life. God knew the dream killers were in Joseph's life. He knew that. But he had a plan. He told Joseph where he was going to end up. And so he was sure on getting him there. So then, then we look at, at, our, um, at, our, uh, we, we pick up here in 37. I want to go to 37, 11. Twelve, go with twelve, start with twelve. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here I here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it will be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. Underline that. They conspired against him to slay him. They conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Behold, this dreamer cometh. Okay? So now, these dream killers, they've really taken it up a notch. My gosh. You know, here they've come, they've come from, from being simply en envious or annoyed at the fact that, that, that Joseph is saying they're going to bow down to him. They're saying, we're going to take care of this. No way. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. Let, let's just stop him, you know, stop him altogether. Okay. Now, God forbid that any of us have a God-given dream or God-given vision to the point that someone would want to go to those lengths. Okay. But people will certainly go to some lengths to, to try and stop you. 
Okay, I remember being in the workplace where there were some instances there where there were where were people and whatnot that was trying to stop a particular cause, and the the actions that they that they went through to try and to stop the mission was was just really unbelievable. Okay, so there can be people out there if they know of your God-given dream or vision that will strive to come against you to the point of totally uh, annihilating your dream altogether. All right. So to just be on the lookout Not everyone that is around you is are people that are encouraging, that are there to support and encourage you. So then we continue in verse number 20 here. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast has devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Okay, so you see, you see there the animosity, the anger, the hatred there. Let's slay him and throw him into a pit and then say that some beast came along and devoured him. And that will then stop his dream. This is this is the extent that they were willing to go go to to stop the fact that possibly they would ever bow down to him. Okay, all right, all right. And 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 I I get also from reading the scripture that even even they may not at this point have believed that they would wind up actually bowing actually bowing down to him that he would be at a point that they would have to bow down. They were envious of him. They was like, how dare he have a dream like that in the first place? How dare he even think that we would be in a position to have to bow down to, down to him? You know, that little snipe, I mean, golly, he's only a this, he's only a that. How dare he think that he's going to be so lofty that we'll have to bow down to him. All right. So there was real hatred there, really. And these were his brothers. Verse 21 says, and Reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that he is in the, uh, that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him. Uh, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his, and his brethren were content. Well, gee, well, that, that's great that he decided that he didn't want, them, want him to be killed, but, you know, let's, let's put, you know, put some blood on his coat and sell him to the, to the Midianites, you know. you know. Then it says in 28, Then were passed by uh, Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph in into Egypt. Okay. So here, these were big time dream killers here who went to not only just trying to destroy his thoughts, but they wanted to destroy his body. Okay. Kill him. And the fact that they went to the left to take his coat, which he knew that their father gave him and cover it with blood and then go back and tell the lie. See, Joseph was killed, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, th this was demonic plotting to the, to the highest extent, to the highest extent. Okay. Now, there are those that may come into our lives again, I say, that will not go through that through that length. But the point here that the scripture is, is illustrating is that God gave a dream. God gave a vision. And these are the extent that some people, some dream killers will go to around you. OK, to prevent you from realizing that dream. Joseph knew what God what God told him. What do you think he felt like when they seized him and threw him into that pit? 
Okay? So as you are on this path to realize the dream or the vision that God is giving you and difficulty and challenges rise before you, no matter how difficult they may be, focus on what God told you he's going to do. Keep remembering what that dream or what that vision is all about. And then let God, God guide you through whatever the challenges are. You think God didn't, God wasn't with Joseph when he was in that pit? You think God didn't work on at least one brother's mind not to kill him? Okay, whereas the rest of them did, okay? So God will be with you no matter what it is that you are, might be going through. When we get hold of a God dream, we literally become a moving target for the enemy, okay? When you get that God vision, that God dream, you become a moving target for the enemy because the God dream is not only something that's going to prosper you, but it's also going to make you a blessing to someone else, okay? And the enemy certainly does not want that to happen, okay? God will... God will do things for us as individuals. But God being a loving God, there is someone else also that may need to benefit from who you are in the Lord. Okay? So by God touching you and someone that is in your circle, in your sphere of influence, that needs to be blessed, God may want to get you to a particular point in in your life so that you will be able to bless that particular person. Okay. Okay. So God's plan is is, is multifold. Okay. It's a multi-purpose plan. God not only wants to promote you and lift you up so that you can benefit and prosper. God is saying, okay, Robbie moves around with these people here and he touches these people. Brandon's over here and Tanya's over here moving with these people or with the kids or whatever it may be. So God may want you to get to some place. We are often, I won't say often, we are always at a better, in a better position to influence those around us that need to be influenced if God is bringing us to where we want to be, okay? It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like you by yourself where you are. Maybe you can influence a person or some people to a certain extent as who you are. But when God gets behind you and God gives you a purpose and is promoting you into something, you are, I don't want to say powerful, but you are, are in a much better position to influence and bless someone else. So that may be a part of God's plan. And that's what was happening here. Okay, 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 okay. The, the, the devil knew, and you, and, and you know where Joseph wound up. If, devil, if the devil knew that Joseph was going to wind up being where he was going to be and being able to influence, he became, as you remember, number two in command under Pharaoh. Much influence over the land. The devil did not want that to come to fruition. The devil did not. Okay. Okay. Because of Joseph being was where he was, he saved millions. I don't know the population of Egypt. Remember what it was prophesied about the famine that was going to hit there. Joseph, with his business skills and his mind, it came to be. He wound up staving all of that off and helping people. So, so Joseph was able to influence millions of people. The devil did not want that to happen. So the devil, the devil used the dream killers, his brothers, to try and cut it off at the at the at the knees to try and kill him to stop it. Okay. The same thing could be with you. Okay, especially if it's a God-given dream or vision. Okay, I'm not saying something that all of a sudden I desire and need from Amazon. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking about one of those things, and I go crazy looking for it. You know, I'm talking about a God-given vision where God tells me to go to so-and-so page on Amazon and buy something, as a, for instance. You know, so so it's a difference between what you want and what God wants. So when you get that kind of God God vision or dream, it's something that's important. 
Okay, and the devil will go all out there because now all of a sudden you're a moving target. You're not. You're no longer. You're no longer just kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of sitting back, uh, being asleep. You know, occasionally reading the Bible, occasionally, you know, occasionally praying and things like that. You are now a moving target. Okay, we've all seen the spy movies. Okay, the espionage movies. Okay, where a foreign government has a sleeper cell here in this country, and that cell is just kind of asleep, going under the radar. Nobody knows it's there. They're quietly doing doing their thing. Then all of a sudden, the motherland activates that sleeper cell. All of a sudden, that sleeper cell becomes awake and becomes very active in what they're doing. Well, that's kind of with us. If we've been kind of milk toasty, you know, Christian and so forth, and we just kind of do, we, we love God and we're doing what we should be doing, but all of a sudden we get this energized thing from God in the term of a vision or a dream, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, the electricity in you is turned up. You're no longer a sleeper cell, okay? Now all of a sudden you're out in the open and you're doing what God is telling you to do. That's how Satan views you, okay? Whereas before you were kind of just kind of coasting, you know, not doing it, doing your own thing, kind of. But all of a sudden you get active in the Lord and you're believing in this God-given vision. Then you become a threat, so you become that moving target. Okay, you become that market moving target. There's no way the enemy wants the God dreamer to make it to the end. And so in an effort to abort your dreams, he will set up all sorts of obstacles and hindrances to keep you from seeing it seeing it into becoming a reality. Joseph had the end result from God that he would be a great leader and his family would one day bow down to him. As the journey to the fulfillment of his dream begins, it is not without major obstacles, okay? And you know that uh, uh, as soon as he as soon as he uh, uh, got there at one point, uh, uh, Potiphar Potiphar's wife came after him. Remember that and everything, and 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 and, and lied that he tried to accost her and everything like that. Okay, but but Joseph kept true to to God's vision. Okay, and ready, we know that he was thrown in in prison and everything like that. And because of him even being in prison, he touched those. I think it was the the baker, the baker, and another guy that was there. Okay, and and so, and so Joseph, as he was going through these trials and tribulations, God was still with him because He wanted to get him to where Joseph needed to be, and that's what what God did. So as we are aware, as I said, Joseph's dream comes to pass and he becomes the number two man. Many times realities of life begin to stifle our feeling of being winners. Sure, he didn't feel like he was a winner when he was going through the things that he was going through. Amen. But God created us with that imagination, with an imagination so that he can give us the blueprint for our lives. And that's many times the blueprint comes real in your imagination when you're sitting back and you're thinking about it and you're pondering what it is that God wants you to do. Okay, but then again, realize that the enemy of our soul knows that God will write his plans in our imagination. He knows that. He knows that. So he works tirelessly to ensure that you stop dreaming and stop believing God for a good future. Okay, if he can stop you from dreaming, get you sidetracked and worrying about things, then he shuts down that imagination. Okay, okay. Most of the time, when you stop and think about it, if you've got something really, really troubling you, really, really bugging you, there's a burden that you're carrying. How easy is it for you to imagine the good things of God? Do you even how hard is it for you to pull yourself back out of being in misery, out of worrying about something that's going on in your life, about uh, 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 about really struggling with something that's going on? How does that shut down your imagination? When you're in that worrying uh, syndrome, your imagination gets really stifled. You don't you, you don't even dream about the, the great things that are to come. 
Okay, I may be planning a oh man a real nice vacation uh, come this winter or come next summer, and I'm imagining that I've got my suitcase partially packed, I've got things on the go, and I'm kind of dreaming about and, and envisioning what I'm going to do when I get on that vacation. But then all of a sudden, this burden comes along in the form of some other worry or some other stress, some other stressor that has me stressed out. My imagination of that vacation spot is shut down. You don't even think about it. Okay. Right? When things are okay, maybe you're envisioning the palm trees, you know, and sitting by the beach or whatever it is magnificent that you're going to be doing. But when that worry hits you, your imagination gets shut down. You see, God gave us the gift of imagination to help us to stay focused on the good things in life, to help us stay focused on what he is telling us to do. Okay, right? So that's what the devil was trying to do here, trying to shut that down. You know, the devil can bring pressures. He brings disappointments and, and even potential failures into our lives to, to deter us or to stop us from the, from the beautiful future that God has planned for us. You know, you know, he'll bring all sorts of distractions at work. You know, family members, you know, will all of a sudden start going, going haywire. You'd be surprised that a family member all of a sudden, sudden will do something really stupid and you say, why, why did they do that? You know, all of a sudden things were going so well and they, they did that. Okay. Something to get you off track again, but you have to make sure that you, you stay, uh, you stay on God. Keep our eyes focused on God. Don't let those pressures get into our minds. Amen. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Okay, starting with verse number 15. Verse 15. Uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 1. Thank you, Jesus. Should have used your imagination to know what chapter, what chapter I was going to. <laughs> what chapter is he referring to? <laughs> oh, so, someone needs some oil out there. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. God is good all the time. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Underline that if you don't already have it underlined. Okay, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is important. Underline, please. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Okay? And I'm just, and just pause right there. Amen. Oh, well, no, matter of fact, let, let, let's continue on. In verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heaven, in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body 
the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Okay? Now, before I get back to 18, I just want to focus on 22 and 23 here. Okay? Uh, 21. Far above all principality, Jesus, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet. Jesus has put all things under, under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Okay? So this is saying here, without, without, without any, any, any hesitation here, that Jesus is the man. He's been put above all things. He's above all things. Okay? And he's over the church. The church, as we've said before, is, when this COVID thing started, we talked about it when the churches were shut down, that the church is really, it's the body of Christ. It's all of us put together, okay, which is his body, the fullness in him that filleth all in all, okay? So if we are the church, if we are the church, we are the body of Christ. If we are the church and we are the body of Christ, okay? And it says there in verse 22, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things in the church. So if God, so if Jesus is the head of the church and we are his body and all things are under his feet, so where does it put those things? Under our feet. Under our feet. Amen? 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 If we are his body, you know, and being that feet are usually located below the body, okay? So if things are under his feet, and we're his body. That means we're up here. You know, look at yourself. Figure your torso. Okay. And if your feet are down here. Okay. And if Jesus, Jesus is the head of us, the body, the torso, and all things under his feet, that means under our feet. Okay. So if everything is under your feet through Christ Jesus, then it means that everything that those dream killers try to do to you, everything that those that would come against you try to do, it's under your feet. So you put it there. You put it there. You put your foot down and you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I will not receive that problem. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you, spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you, spirit of opposition. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you every single thought that would try to bring down and tear down. Okay? In the name of Jesus, you have no authority over me. Jesus Christ is, my, is over me. He is my Lord and Savior. I am in his body. I am part of his church. So therefore, if you, Satan, are under his feet, you're under my feet. So therefore, you are trampling on, 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 on unwanted territory here. Un, illegal for you to even be here. Amen? It's illegal. You're trying to, you see, the only way Satan can get into our lives is if we permit him to be there. If we forget where we are in Christ Jesus. When we start sitting back and get all lily-livered and start, me, me, poor me, and start whining and crying, and God has given you that vision and that dream, that dream killer is there working overtime trying to steal it away from you and trying to make you forget who you are and where you are. Okay? Okay? That's like you stepping on a, 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 stepping on a, on a slug out there, and all of a sudden this slug, you got him under your foot, and this slug is rising up trying to turn you over, <laughs> trying to throw you back on your back, and you're fighting there trying to keep this slug down, and you're stepping on this slug is rising up. I'm going to overtake the universe, you know. No. You tell that old Satan slug, you tell that slug of Satan, in the name of Jesus, I keep you underfoot. God has given me a dream. God has given me a vision. And I'm going to be there to let God realize that dream in my life. There's no authority here, foul spirit. Get away. Amen. Amen. The apostle Paul here was very aware of the, of the lies that the enemy would try to get into our minds. This is why he's saying this and reminding us who we are in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. 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 And, 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 and you think about, you know, that's how he kind of operates, Satan, too. He acts like a little slimy slug that's kind of slithering around the place. And then he pops up to try to scare you and annoy you at the most inopportune times. Okay, but Paul is here. He's telling us that, that, that to be aware that the enemy will lie to you, you know, you know, left and right. He will try to get into your mind. Okay, so he's specifically, you, you know, you know, you know, he, Paul here is specifically praying for the church in this case, Ephesus, that the eyes of their heart, which is their imagination, that the eyes of their heart, their imagination, would be enlightened, that they might know what wonderful things God has in store for you. Amen. So therefore, your, your, your eyes, your imagination needs to be enlightened. Okay, and enlightened means that, that that light is shined in to to your life. Light light is shined into your life to give you a glimpse of what God is planning to do. Okay, and also remembering who you are positionally in Christ. Amen. Amen. You don't have to be here, you know, slunking, slinking around and and worrying about this and worrying about that. No, 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 no. God has a vision and a plan for you. Let that plan and, and vision be realized in your life. Okay, okay, Paul here, he, he, he's praying, he's praying for the eyes of the imagination to be enlightened because that is where God writes his plan for us. Alright? God writes his plan for you in your imagination and you can tap into that imagination. Okay, alright? Instead of your imagination, you know, instead of letting my imagination drift off someplace to a strawberry shortcake, suppose I let my imagination stay focused on God. Amen. Amen. You can channel. You can take your thoughts and channel them to where to where God wants them to be. Okay. But but you are being enlightened by the very fact that in reading these scriptures of what is available to you, your enlightenment is happening right here now. It's starting right now. Amen. So that thing that God has in store for you, that plan, don't let it go away by Satan getting there trying to dull your vision. Okay. Your imagination is where God writes writes the plan for us. Part of the new covenant involves dreams and visions because God wants his children to start dreaming again and believing him for the impossible. That's where a dream is, too. You know, we adults, especially, you know, you know, you know, as that child, you know, we were had the chairs on the bed playing bus and using the rocking chair to play dentist and whatnot. You know, now it just kind of seems so silly because I'm an adult, but that doesn't mean that I stop myself from dreaming. It doesn't mean that I stop myself from having an imagination of wonderful things that God has in store for me as an adult. Okay, we can't start thinking that dreams and visions are impossible. The world that the world or non-believers, as they're called, are, are, are bold enough to go after their dreams. All right, people in the world, in the, you know, go after their dreams, while the children of God many times just waste away, letting failure of fear, let, letting fear of failure, disappointments, and obstacles kill their dreams. All right. Right, right. Non-believers don't let those don't let those things kill them. They keep on moving forward. So why should we, especially we as Christians, let 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 fears and disappointments, you know, and things like like that and failure uh, uh, be be an obstacle to us? Okay, right. So you have something in your life that comes up that you think sets you back. Nah, God doesn't view it as a setback. God simply views it as here. This is the time now for me to strengthen him more and to keep moving him or her forward. Amen. Amen. So let the devil, devil get in there and do that. God wants to write on your heart the, the, the plan that he has for you. Okay? So why not become more like a child again and start believing again? Have we grown up so much that we've forgotten how to believe? Okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay? At some point in your life, at some point in your life maybe, depending on how your background was, you believed there was a Santa Claus. <laughs> at some point in your life, you believed there was a tooth fairy. <laughs> 
All right? Okay, okay. But how, but how dare, how, how bold enough are we to start dreaming and believing again? I'm not saying in Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But, saying, but, but are we dare, are we afraid to start dreaming and to start dreaming that what God is showing us can actually happen? You know, you know, if you can dream anything, so I mean, I started questioning Santa Claus because when we were kids, we lived in an apartment for a long time. So where's my chimney? You know, where's my? I started questioning that. Where's where's my chimney? You know, my dad being dad, he said, well, the, you know, you see you see the lines where you where the sheetrock is joined together. <laughs> That spackling where the lines are, that mudding, you know, it opens up when he comes through. Uh, yeah, okay, Dad. You know. All right, uh, okay, okay, okay. But 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 if, if kids can believe that, okay, why do we as adults, why do we as Christians find it so hard to believe in God? But we believe in God in so many other ways. But when it comes down to believing in a dream or a vision that God has given us for us, we find that we have a hard time doing that. Amen. So so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to dream. Don't be afraid to dream. It's never too late. Never too late. There was someone that said, they said, and I quote, dreams are renewable no matter what our age or condition. There are still untapped possibilities within us and new beauty waiting to be born. It's in you. When God gives you that dream, it's in you and it can be tapped on. Only you can make that decision to resurrect those God-given dreams with the help of Holy Spirit. And to make your future beautiful. Only you can do that. You can say right here now, today, I'm not going to let this prayer for this prayer I have out there, this dream I have out there, where I want to be, this thing, especially when God has given it to you. I'm not going to let it fall to the wayside. I'm going to keep doing whatever it is that God wants me to do. Okay? okay. We, need, we need to pray, Lord, help me, help me today to dream. Let, let, let's just pray. Close your eyes and let's just pray this prayer. Lord, help me today to dream again. Holy Spirit, please remind me of the plans my God has for my future. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Dreams that the devil tries to destroy are like our Red Seas. But God can get you through the same way he brought Israel through the Red Sea. We know that when they went through the Red Sea, then God led Israel through the wilderness, going to the promised land. Well, the same thing is true for us. You've heard me say many times that each of us has a promised land. God has a dream for you in the form of your promised land. Okay? And you stop and think about it again. Israel, you know, you may wonder why in the book of Genesis so much time is spent on them going through the Red Sea and through the wilderness and all those 40 years and so forth. And they covered that distance, which and I forget the uh, the math, not the, the distance, but was a relatively short uh, distance they traveled, but it took them 40 years because God had a vision and a dream for them that he had to work out. And it took 40 years to get there. Amen. Those that were faithful to God and hung in there, they made it. Those were not. Well, they were cast to the side, were swallowed up, deciding to make a false God and all that thing, the golden calf. Amen. Amen. So as we go through our wilderness, there is a promised land for you in the form of that dream. Amen. Before your dream or your promised land becomes reality, God will prepare you and he will give you instructions to get there. So stay focused on that promised land. Stay focused on that dream and realize that God is there, that God is there. And God will indeed get you to where he wants you to be. I don't care what obstacles or what sidesteps may come up that may to you seem like it's setting you back. Okay, okay, again, look at Joseph. You know, we didn't go through the whole story of his life there, but you remember there were many, many things that came in the way, but Joseph stayed steadfast to God. 
and his dream was indeed uh, uh, realized, okay? And we know that the family was reunited, and they did wind up bowing down to him, but he wound up saving them and, and, and brought them to, to his bosom and so forth, okay? So the dream that you have, whatever it may be, and you know what those dreams and those visions are, stay focused on them. God will bring you through. Praise God, praise God. I pray that this message was a blessing to you, and I pray that uh, you hold on to what we've heard here today. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ you will be blessed. So before we close, let us remember to honor God with our tithes and offerings.